Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. The Old Testament lesson is taken from Amos 8. Hear hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the epith small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false, false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, Surely I will never forget any of their deeds. Please join me in uh, reading responsively Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust, and lifts the needy from the ash heap, to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. The New Testament lesson is taken from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all who are in high positions, so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the right time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Thank you, Keith. We had the, last week we were in Luke chapter 15. We read the beginning of chapter 15, the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep that Jesus is uh, saying to the Pharisees. Uh, and after he says, uh, gives them that parable, he gives them the parable of, of the prodigal son. And then we move right into this text. So these are uh, a series of parables that Jesus is giving. Uh, to these Pharisees and to his disciples, people that are around him. And so he continues teaching to them with these words from Luke's gospel. So listen now and hear how God is speaking to you through these words. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? 
I am not strong enough to dig, and I am too ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me, welcome me into their homes. And so summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, how much do you owe my master? He answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 50. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much. And whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. And here ends not just a reading, but a really odd reading. Very difficult reading. This is, this is a, a parable that scholars and theologians and ministers and everyone have, have, have tried to figure out for the last couple thousand years. Not that parables are problems to be solved so much, but this is, this is just a really odd Jesus. And people have never really quite known what to do uh, with this parable. There's been lots of arguments over it and frustrations because it seems to be that Jesus is here approving of behavior that he condemns the rest of the time. And it's this odd, it's this odd thing uh, that he says here to approve the behavior of this dishonest manager. And he's like, oh, but he was faithful dishonestly and that's a good thing. But then later Jesus seems to change his mind and say, don't serve money, don't serve, serve God. And it's this odd thing. Uh, so there are a lot of ways to uh, interpret this and a lot of things that, that could be done with it. But uh, one way is, I'm going to suggest, as we look at it a little bit in context of where it is and where, and where Jesus is, his audience here is uh, a group of Pharisees, you may remember from last week's reading, Jesus has been eating with sinners and tax collectors, and that really annoys the Pharisees and some of the other religious leaders because Jesus isn't supposed to do them. And so that's when he tells them the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep and the prodigal of the lost son. And then, uh, and then this parable, or the, the parable of the prodigal son, there we are, and then this parable. And so his audience is partly Pharisees and these religious leaders, these people who have money and who have power, and who have influence within their community and over a lot, of the, all, a lot of the population. And the other part of his audience is poor. Also just the regular people that are around and his disciples, people who had little money uh, and little power, little influence. 
who lived under the yoke of the Pharisees and the religious leaders and under the yoke of Rome and of the governor and of others, uh, and others who taxed them and kept them in perpetual debt, or at least would have probably kept many of them in a state of perpetual debt, of perpetually owing and having bills to pay. And I would think a, a story like this, a parable like this, I would think that to, uh, to people who are poor, to those poor people that were around Jesus, the story that involves wiping away of debt would be a story of liberation to them. This would be a, a story of good news. You know, that maybe there's a path out of this or just a sense of, yeah, this dishonest manager is like sticking it to the man. He's, maybe what he's doing is dishonest, but at least it's dishonest on behalf of of the poor, sticking it to the rich guy. The banker's not going to get back everything that he expected to get, or uh, this manager's boss isn't going to be able to get back everything he expected. And I would think that for the Pharisees and for those hearing this, people who control the financial and economic strings of the community to hear a story about debt forgiveness might not be a story of good news. It might be a story of, uh, that frustrates them or annoys them, makes them squirm a little bit. Not uh, what they want to hear about debt forgiveness. And Jesus is a bit subversive. Sometimes he's a lot subversive, trying to turn the tables on society and on the structure and how things are to turn the tables to make them more like God's realm, like how God wants us to be. And when he tells a, a parable, parables are often images of what the, the kingdom of God, the realm of God looks like and what our world ought to look like to be in conformity with God's, with God's vision. And so he has told them the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin and the parable of the prodigal son, the son that takes his inheritance and squanders it and comes back to his father to beg for a job, but his father welcomes him, greets him with a big celebration and a ring and a robe uh, and does kind of what the father's not supposed to do. And then he goes straight into this parable. God's kingdom, God's realm, God's way is not like our way. God's way is to place relationships over money. To place justice and mercy above profit. To place love above money. So imagine you know, for the poor of today. Those who are enslaved to debt. Many of us go to, into debt, but not in an enslaved way to get, get a home mortgage or a, or a car loan. But there are many of the poor, especially who become slaves to debt because they have a bill they can't pay or something coming up. And so they, they'll go to one of these payday loan places or you may have seen on TV the places that advertise you can bring in your car title and get a loan against that. Get in those, not a huge amount of money, but enough money to maybe get you through the month. Uh, uh, but what these places don't advertise so highly, and you have to go to their websites or look at the fine print on the TV, is they're often, they might be charging 20%, 30%, 50%. There was an ad that Gary Coleman did a couple years ago. I can't remember what it was for, but remember Gary Coleman from Different Strokes? What you talking about, Willis guy? Uh, did one, an ad for one of these loan places, and they went online. 
99% interest. There are others that charge 200% interest. Some of these places, you just don't know what you're getting into, and they're not regulated because they're not banks. So they're not regulated. And I remember there was a, a couple years ago, uh, Jonah, the social justice group here in Eau Claire, uh, that a bunch of churches are involved with as part of Wisdom, which is the, the statewide thing, tried to get some legislation to regulate these payday loan places and, and car title loan places to regulate it so they couldn't charge so much interest. to try to regulate them more like banks, and that law did not pass, unfortunately. So these people are, are out there. I mean, imagine you have a, a bill to pay, and you don't have the money. And the only place that will give you a loan is some place that's going to charge you 20, 30, 100% interest. It's going to be hard to pay that back. Really, really hard to pay that back. So you go to another place to get a loan and maybe try to pay back the other loan and get in this circle, cycle of debt and, and poverty that's almost impossible to get out of. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that going around. And I'm seeing more of those places here in Eau Claire. I remember uh, going down to Janesville, my hometown, about the time that GM shut down uh, and closed up the, the plant down there, and these payday loan places popped up everywhere. We, we never had them in town, and now the Main Street, Milton Avenue, and where all the restaurants and things are, it was, it was just like every block, one of these places popping up to prey on the poor. Or folks without medical insurance who get sick, have an accident, can't afford their hospital bills and spend their lives uh, having money deducted from their paychecks to pay that back or lose their car, or lose their house. You know, people lose their car, can't go to work. This is difficult. So if the uh, people in that situation this kind of parable might be a burst of liberating news to hear about forgiveness of debts and to know that the current system is broken. Jesus is, I think in some ways, talking about the system of his time and our time. There is some brokenness in that system that benefits the few at the expense of the many. That's not what God intends for us. The vision that Jesus is painting in this parable, I think, is to say that that's not a healthy way for a society to run. And that's not the system in God's realm. And to the people in Jesus' audience who might identify with the man that others owe money to, might find some difficulty in this and perhaps be challenged to rethink uh, how they're doing their business. And for us, probably a little bit on both sides. I think most everyone in here has had a car loan or a home mortgage, so you know what it's like to be in debt and which one of us would not have really loved to have someone come knocking on our door someday and say, hey, we've wiped away 20% of your bill or 50% or 80%. I'm not going to say no to that. And we've probably all been in situations where people have owed us something. We've lent money to a friend or to a family. We want it back or we think we're, uh, we're owed a certain level of thankfulness for something, or we've done a favor for people and think they owe us a favor. And, uh, and imagine then if someone else went to those people and said, those debts are forgiven. We might be kind of annoyed that someone else uh, forgave our debts on our behalf. 
But Jesus' parables aren't about providing answers or offering solutions. They're pictures. He's painting these word pictures of what God's realm looks like set up against our own in a way to inspire us and to think of what God's realm might look like. And I think in, in, in this parable, as difficult as it is, and this is an incomplete uh, picture, but I, I think one thing that Jesus is aiming at in here is to offer us this vision that people are more important than money, that those relationships are more important than profit. The way that we live together as a community is more important than how we uh, can make use of other people in our lives. And I think also in the, in the context of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, I've mentioned a number of times, he is on the path to Jerusalem. He knows that he's going to Jerusalem to die and to be raised. He is on that, that mission. And so everything that happens here is part of that mission. He knows what he's going to do. He is, in a sense, if you think of, in the sense of his earthly ministry, Jesus knows he's kind of being fired from that job to go do something else to be crucified and to, raise, uh, to be raised from the dead. And now uh, we can think of Jesus kind of as this manager, in a sense, who's running around recklessly forgiving all of these debts as we forgive our debtors. Part of what Jesus is up to here, he's placing, placing relationships before money, refusing to see people as just tools, but as people, real people. That, I think, is the world that Jesus shows us in the world, uh, the picture that he's painting for us here. To say to us, live into this. Live into this image. Let this be what guides you. Live into this. And if you serve me, if you serve God, if you follow me, it can be done. It can be done. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.